Hey you, are you thinking about selling your house but it's not in tip-top condition? How do you ensure you maximize your profit? If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero, zilch, nada, no upfront costs from the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs of the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design, all while managing the costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page at Houselift Colorado or HouseliftColorado.com and check out the incredible remodels they've done for homeowners in their metro area. In past jobs, they've put anywhere from fifteen to 60000 more into their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh, and if you hire one of their preferred realtors, they'll sell your house without charging a listing commission. Let's make a podcast. Welcome into the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. It's Ryan Konigsberg and Zach Stevens here at the Elixinol studios. Has a good ring to it, so I'm going to roll with that from <laughs> now on. Uh, and Zach, the weather still sucks. Hey, you. Hey, you. <laughs> this weather is, I mean, let's let's just play some football, okay? What are we doing here? This is terrible. Like, I can deal with one bad day. I can deal with one, not four. <sighs> The cold is something that's terrible, it, especially in May, almost <laughs> June. The no sun? What, what are we doing? Are, are we living in Prague? Are we living in Washington? I didn't sign up for that. I'm in Denver. Wow, Give me the sunshine. You're so cultured that you know the weather in Prague. <laughs> I would just assume it's nice every day. Oh, it's this. It's Ugh. this. This is a nice day. Wow. Yeah. I won't be going there. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to like an outdoor chicken festival tonight. Oh, so it is outdoors. Yep. Oh. <laughs> we'll put that coat on. Well, I think they have uh, free uh, cocktail samples. Is that right? Yeah. So that'll help. Yeah. I mean, hot chicken and, and warm. Well, not like warm drinks, <laughs> but bodies that drinks that warm the body. That is something that they have all over Prague is warm wine, you know, and, and I know that's not just specific to Prague, but that's like huge. Like in Denver, I don't like walk around and walk into a store and that's a thing there. It's everywhere. Have What's you ever that had, called? I'm trying to think is I can't I can't remember. I don't remember. What is it? It's like. It's not like muddle, but it's something like not attractive. <laughs> I'll tell you this, Zach. You know I don't drink warm drinks, so I'm not. That doesn't interest me in any way. So especially a drink that's typically never warm, you're not going to warm up. No. Yeah. No. Wise. Um, I used to, as many people know, I used to deliver for a Chinese restaurant, <laughs> and the owner, Tina, shout out, um, <laughs> refused to drink water cold. No. Yep. 
and she said like and maybe some of our uh listeners who have been or lived in china can chime in but she said like oh in china we don't drink cold water like we think that's bad for your stomach i actually thought that cold water like wasn't good for you as good for you (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i I mean i guess maybe the thought is like when you heat it up it kills like the bacteria so Mm, so is it did you drink warm water or just like luke like room temperature like she would prefer to just drink tea but if tea isn't available, she'll just heat up a pot of water, pour it into a cup, wow. and just sip on it. What? So like tea without the like bag. tea without the flavor. <laughs> oh wow! Wild. Uh, anyways, sports. Um, <laughs> I feel like I mean this is the story of the off season now. It's yeah. Chris Harris Jr. Uh, and it seems like there's a little tidbit coming out every day. It gives us a reason to talk about it. So <laughs> Zach, why don't you update us on the latest with Chris Harris Jr. Ryan. It seems like it's happening. The thing that makes no sense to you nor I is happening. The Broncos have offered Chris Harris a pay raise. No one knows the exact number. And Chris has come down from his demand of $15 million because it's not per year. The Broncos and Chris are just focusing on 2019 now in these negotiations. And it seems like it's got gone down so far this path that they're not going to step back and say, okay, let's add a 2020 on and a 2021 on. It seems like it's just focused on 2019, and the the sides are still off, but they're both making their way to something, some number in the middle to give Chris more money this year. And that'd be the first time John Elway's just handed out a pay raise. I just, in the last five seconds, I came up with a theory about how this makes sense. Ooh. <clears throat> Hear me out here. You said it. You said Chris has come down from 15, right? Mm-hmm. That's, they're just normalizing that in his head. Mm. And they come down and they get to, let's say they get to 12 and a half. And they're, they're about to agree to it. And, and they're saying, all right, this year, 12 and a half, then you'll hit it next year. And then John, right before Penn hits paper, he's like, hold on, hold on. I have a crazy idea. Why don't we just do 12 and a half for three years? <laughs> and at this point, 12 and a half is like a good number in Chris's head. He was ready to, to yeah. agree to it. Yeah. And then he says, you know what? 12 and a half million. I think that could buy my daughter a new playhouse. <laughs> and he signs on the dotted line for three years, 12 and a half million per year. Or what about just when he's about to sign his agents looking at all the papers and right before Chris puts that pen, he goes, wait, 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 this goes through 2021. What are, what are we doing here? And John's like, oh, oh, I thought, I just thought we could add that through 20, you know, it's the 12 and a half million you want. He's like, yeah, 12 and a half million over three years. <laughs> <laughs> That's the deal, I thought. Uh, you, th- you think that could be realistic? It's the only thing I can think of that makes any sense. Because a pay raise doesn't make sense. Twelve, even twelve and a half million doesn't make sense. Fifteen million certainly doesn't make sense. Twelve and a half doesn't make sense. Really, ten doesn't make sense. Now, it would be impressive for John Elway just to go out of his way uh, for goodwill's sake and say, "Chris, I value you. I really like you." But even then, Ryan, that's bad business because what you have to remember here is any unused money rolls over to next year 
and helps you. So it's not like you have this pot of money that you're forced to spend. And then, of course, give it to Chris. Give him the rest. Make him, you know, give him the $10 million you have left and pay him $18 million this year. Then there's some goodwill. Then it makes sense. He comes back next year and says, whoa, you guys really overpaid me last year. You guys showed me the love, showed me the money. I'm going to take, you know, $12 million for the next three years. That's not how it works because you don't have to spend this money. So anything that you spend this year additionally on Chris hurts you in the future, whether that's with Chris, whether that's with a free agent, whether that's with draft picks, it hurts you. So if you do this, Ryan, it's just for this year. Yeah, let me ask you, what defines a win-now move? Something that helps you this year, especially while hurting you in the future. So this, which has entirely zero benefits in the future, mm-hmm. has to be the quintessential win-now move. It, it absolutely has to be. This is John going all in for this year. If he does this, especially you know, if it's more than just $2 million, I guess the more money he goes in, the more he's going all in on this year. Because what, what, what's if you don't pay Chris Ryan... What happens? Maybe he doesn't show up. I don't think a lot of people believe that he's not going to show up. Clearly the Broncos do. Exactly. But nobody knows that for certain. And so if you want to make sure that Chris is on the field this year because you want to go all in and you want to make sure you give your best team chance to win this year, what are you going to do? You're going to pay him more to make sure that he's there and it hurts you in the future. Couldn't agree more. Um, It just... It's like win now without, I don't know. It's like win now for the sake of win now. Yeah, it's John Elway just being John. And, and it's so it's so hard for me to understand the Broncos' angle on this. Um, and the people I've talked to essentially just say like, well, we're just, you know, we the, the team wants to take care of Chris for everything he's done. And I just, I don't believe that, you know, like <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't buy that. It that that's, that's great PR. It is what it is. And from a PR sense, that makes complete sense. I can't, I can't see those words coming out of John Elway's mouth. I can't. And I'm trying to envision. The but John press- Elway is my source. No, <laughs> I, I can't imagine the press conference when Chris is signed because it seems like something's going to happen now. When Chris is signed and John says... Signed? That, I guess he is already. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that what John told us? Chris is under contract. Oop. It just doesn't seem like John Elway. I cannot imagine these words coming out of his mouth. Of, we just wanted to do this for Chris. Because the natural follow-up is you didn't have to. And the only way this could help you in the future, the only argument, and Ryan, I, I pulled the you last night. I got the people riled up a little bit on Twitter. I I really felt like you, and uh, nobody came with this argument, which I was surprised, which I had a defense to, of course. The only way this can help you in the future is if this shows Chris so much goodwill that he's willing to, to talk with you again next year and take another discount, because if he hits the open market, 
come on. The Broncos are not going to pay his price tag, uh, his top value price tag. He's going to get more money from someone else. So he's going to have to take another discount in order to stay with you. Now, maybe he gets $13 million staying with you, but he would get $15 million from someone else next year. But then the counter to that is the goodwill is, if you want goodwill, just sign him up now. If you want him long-term, there's no better time than to lock him in right now for the future. So goodwill, that makes zero sense in this situation. Not to mention, I'm making it my personal mission (laughs) that every time money is brought up in any future situation that I bring up the money that was given to Chris Harris Jr. Mm. Like, Broncos are working on a deal with so-and-so. They're, they're, they can't quite find the number. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, like uh, who's an example of someone who might be a free agent next year? Uh, on the Broncos? No. Yeah, sure. <sighs> Derek Wolf? <laughs> Even though we don't think he's going to be back. Whoever it is. They're like, ah, they're just off. And I'm like, well, if they just had that $5 million. Mm, And then yep. when they when they say, like, oh, the, like the Bron- it looks like the Broncos are done. They're pretty close up against the salary cap. And I'm like, well, if only they had right. that $5 million, they'd actually have $7 million open against the salary cap. And that's good enough to get a Bryce Callahan caliber player. Mm, and, Ryan, you can say that not just next year, not just the year after, but the year after. Because this money can just keep rolling over. As long as you spend, it's something like you have to spend – 80% of your salary cap within a five-year window, and the Broncos never come close to like not spending that money. So this money will just keep rolling over and rolling over and rolling over. So when you want that $5 million, that can get you a, a starter a, along the offense, defense, pretty much any position. You can get a starter there. You could get a new coffee machine <laughs> for the media room. And still have... A lot of money left. Yeah. Did you ever see um, Kyle Korver? Big fan of uh, Kyle Korver. <laughs> he was traded for when he was drafted on draft night. He was traded for like one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! And uh, there's, like, I guess, a report that came out that they that the team like. Part of the money they used was to buy a new fax machine. Oh my gosh! And he came out the other day and was like, "Just so everyone knows, I'm still playing, and that fax machine is broken." Now. <laughs> but pretty- a money, just a straight up money for player deal, cash considerations. That is wild. Which would actually be a sweet name for a player, <laughs> a basketball player. That would be. <laughs> He'd be cash money all day long if he was hitting those shots. So, do you think this is actually going to happen? This Chris Harris Jr. thing? (sighs) There's progress. Yeah. Bringing up Prague again. (laughs) Because of that, yeah. I, I think so. I think something's going to happen, which is just so weird to me. Because, do I want to believe it? No, but I can't ignore the information that's coming out. Do you think it's going to happen? No. Mm. I. That, that's what everything logically is telling me, is I, is I should agree with you. I, I think this is all just some song and dance that's going to mm. lead to something else. Speaking of good PR, is that what this is? Is the Broncos, you know, saying they're working with Chris? Oh, yeah. You know, we're still far apart. Don't expect anything to happen. Because, what, they've been talking for two weeks now? Yeah. And 
still far apart, right? How how long does this take? John Elway. One dollar at a time. <laughs> John Elway had conversations with uh, Fred Lyles, Chris's agent, last week. He's had multiple conversations with him this week. How long does this? Yeah. Are we doing one dollar at a time? All right, right, 15,478,643. Sorry, I'm only at 11,487,676 right now. So when you said this is a show and dance for something else, is that something else an extension? Is that something else nothing? What is it? When you say that, what are you guessing? It only makes sense to be two years or more. Mm -hmm. So... What like? Why don't they just make it a one? I guess that doesn't make sense for Chris though. Chris, it's either got to be this just this year, right, or at least three, right. So for him, I guess maybe they're standing pat on this, and the Broncos are going to pay him four million dollars to come to training camp. So what? End him at twelve and a half for the year? Something like that. Yeah. It just it's so so you hard. do think you do think it'll happen i think something will happen um i just have to i ha- for my own sanity i have to believe that this is a part of something else otherwise i'm just everything i know about the nfl is a lie <laughs> exactly what deal would make sense for both sides and make sense not be team friendly not be chris friendly uh well anything is going to be chris friendly if it's a pay raise but, but not, I'm not just saying for this year. Well, I think, you know, 11 and a half over three years would make a lot of sense for the Broncos with a team. Not It doesn't have to be written in, but it's technically a team option in year three, mm. meaning the first two years are guaranteed. The, sec, the third year has like three or four million guaranteed. Do you think, because I'm thinking of that, Chris will be 32 then. He's still going to believe he has, what, two or three years left at that point probably? Mm-hmm. Do you think the Broncos and Chris are just so far off on the years and that's why they're like, okay, let's just get this year figured out and then Chris, we will let you hit the open market because we don't want to sign you to a five-year contract right now. Maybe that's what Chris is looking for because he says, I can play till I'm 34 years old and I want big time money until I'm 34 years old. I don't want to go on a two-year contract that makes sense for the Broncos and then be out and then have to go play for $4 million for the remaining two years of my career. That brings up an interesting point. Would Chris take more years for less money? He should. Like five, five for years, 50? 50 million. Hmm. As opposed to three years, let's call it 12 a year, 36 million. With two more years after that, is he going to go make $7 million a year? I mean, when you put it like that, that's pretty fair. It seems like it's like uh, you're going to retire a Bronco. Um, this makes sense for us. It makes sense for you. We'll sign you up for the rest of your career. Like, Here's the thing. I think the number would have to be three years at least or five years, 56, just to make him the highest paid now. I don't think Chris would take – maybe that's where you get the discount is from you go from 13 or 12 to 11-1. So that's too much money. I mean, in the end, it's six million. So like, you're you probably do it, right. but you're paying. I mean, then you're paying a thirty-four year old corner eleven million dollars. Right, a year. right, exactly. Unless it's one of those things where it's front loaded. So you know, maybe it's it's 
13 this year and then it gets down to six seven or eight by the you know the end of the contract that makes sense but ryan the broncos and chris are literally talking about the exact opposite thing they're talking not just a one-year deal a pay raise that lets him walk next year i think five years 50 million five years 56 sure you give chris the raise this year he gets it he retires a Bronco. That that makes sense. There's a lot of reasons that make sense to keep Chris around. There's literally one that doesn't. And it's just giving him money this year. And Ryan, should should John Elway be in that mindset? Should he say, I'm all in this year. I'm going to spend money that I can use in the future and I'm going to do that this year because I need Chris here now. I need him through all of training camp. I need him happy this year because this team is ready to win now and this team is ready for my backing of going all in. Absolutely not. Um, No. The team isn't good enough to go all in this year and while there are anomalies, it usually takes a little bit for a coach to get their system in place. Especially Vic. Right. Vic, Vic's teams are usually better at the longer he is around the defense. So, it makes sense to do everything. If Chris wasn't under contract, I'd be saying you got to sign him up. Right. Um, you know, you have to do that for Vic. You have to do it for the football team. He's, a you know, a locker room guy. But to me... Since he's already under contract, there's nothing. There's no move that needs to be made, at all. Um, so, it doesn't make sense to me to be to be going that all in on this year. I mean, that is truly win now, forget about later. Yeah. All the while, you've got like a second round quarterback sitting in the wings that you you know you used high draft capital on. Like that doesn't make sense. That's for the future. So. You, you can't keep crossing your wires like that mm-hmm. um, because it just it makes it look like you don't have a plan. If you gave Chris 15 this year, so we'll say a $7 million pay raise, that's $7 million you can't use next year, wouldn't you rather have that to go sign a starting guard to protect Drew Locke for the future? Wouldn't Absolutely. You, wouldn't you like that as a, a dangerous speed receiver to help uh, who knows? Maybe it's Joe Flacco next year. Whatever quarterback it is, uh, a Bryce Callahan. It's yeah, I'm doing that because you know what? You're not you're not killing your team this year. And you know what? The Broncos weren't all in last year. The Broncos rolled over eight million dollars from last year. And was everyone pointing at John and saying, "John, what are you doing? Why aren't you spending all the money?" No, nobody said anything like that. So if, if you don't spend every dime that you have, it's not a detriment and it's not a bad sign at the GM. If you blow money, that's bad, right? Yeah. I <laughs> I'm, I I want this thing to be over with just so uh, I, I can either say like that was silly or what are you, like what are you doing? Exactly. Uh so we will keep an eye on this. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know what? Holding out hope that there will be a development in the next couple of days. This is like, oh, they've moved on to a two-year extension. I'm, I'm changing my tune. They can't. They, this John Elway cannot do this. I'm not falling victim to this because I think everyone's going to take a step back when this is done and say, 
of course, John Elway wasn't going to do that. I fell victim to it for about 10 minutes. I'm not going to fall into that trap. Maybe it's a million dollars or just, you know, million dollar bonus. It's not going to be anything substantial. I can't see it. It wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense for business, uh, for anything. And Precedent. Most, mo- ex- mm, exactly. What happens when Vaughn Miller says this on, on the final veer of his deal? Or anyone. Uh, pres- precedent's a really good point. Wouldn't, if you are Emmanuel Sanders, mm. wouldn't you be like, oh, uh, John, you have time to talk? Right. Wait, I told you I was going to come back when I'm 100% healthy. I'm not feeling 100% healthy until week 10. Emmanuel Sanders has more leverage than Chris Harris. Because he can just be injured and collect his paycheck. And he's more the, – the offense is very reliant on him, in my opinion. Wow. So, if I'm any player, I'm calling up my agent and saying, what the hell are you doing? Mm. Chris Harris just got $7 million for nothing. Mm. That's, that's my whole year's salary. Wow. Your whole year's salary? I wish. <laughs> you know, but if you're – Yeah. If you're Bryce Callahan, <laughs> yeah. you're saying, well, clearly these corners are getting paid. Yep. How did Chris Harris Jr. just get handed my whole salary? Mm, you can't do it. Can't happen. I guess Ma- he's under contract for longer, but any person who's on the last year of their deal should just say, give me a razor. I'm not playing. And I'm just not going to believe that John Elway is going to do this. We'll see. I, I don't think – my the logic in me is saying – uh, there's no way the, I guess the cadence of like what's happening, usually the, the road we're going down ends in something happening, right? You know, Oh, they were talking. Oh, they're getting closer. Right. That always like the next step is always like, here's the deal. How much longer of going down this road of progress until it's like, okay, you've been, you've been going on progress for two months now or you know you've had four weeks where you've said you've been talking every day and there's been progress until that talk gets stale and we're like okay yeah we've heard this before now i'm not gonna listen oh another week or two yeah and once you're in the summer nothing's going to change right uh yeah i don't think so yeah and and at that point I mean, you got to get Chris there for training camp, but at that point, like you're, you'd be paying millions of dollars for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Otherwise, he starts losing money. Yep. And I was talking to someone yesterday who normally takes the player's side on these type of things, and I brought up what I said on the podcast the other day, which is, you don't like eight million. Wait till you see what it looks like after you miss out on your game checks. <laughs> yeah, it's a great point. Because eight million, Zach, is prorated across seventeen weeks. Which means that every time you don't show up, you're getting paid you're getting paid half a million every week. Mm. So you're not there week one, guess what? Now it's you know, seven point five. Oh, week two, mm. now it's seven. That's brutal. It's that's why all this time we we're saying Chris has no leverage. Yep. And then all of a sudden it looks like Chris is standing on top of a mountain <laughs> casting lightning bolts. And I'm like, what? This isn't what, how it is. Right. Well, how did he get up there? 
Who gave him those lightning bolts? <laughs> John can just pull the mountain away from him. Oh, man. Well, Strip the electricity. If you want to climb to the top of a mountain and be casting lightning bolts, you need some Strava Craft coffee. <laughs> this will make you feel like you are Chris Harris Jr. in these <laughs> negotiations. Um, it's a CBD-enriched coffee that's really changed lives, and their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check those out. What you'll learn is that it's taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety. Whatever it is, you name it. CBD is an all-natural, non-psychoactive ingredient, and the coffee is rich and tasty. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door so you can start casting those lightning bolts. All right, Zach, well, we're getting here to the end of the week, and you know what that means. It's the question of the week. Presented by Sports Column. Great wings down at Sports Column. Um, if you can handle the heat, go hot wings, suicide sauce on the side. It sounds good, Ryan, but you don't want to see me after that. I'm going to be a sweaty mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you who aren't soft. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> My girlfriend's calling me soft when it comes to heat. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who aren't, have it because the suicide sauce, it's not like your normal buffalo sauce. It's, I believe, a habanero based product. That's <laughs> <laughs> it's got like a, a nice light orange. Yeah. A little bit of creaminess to it. And then you have that, you have the, you, I don't, I haven't tried it on, I'm a little soft. I haven't done the full, <laughs> full shebang there where I just get them all tossed in it. But if you just get that. On the side, you can control how much you're getting in each bite. It's worth it. The scariest sauces are the ones that are the hottest, and they're a nice welcoming color. Just just like the light pink, the light orange sauces. Right. Like if it was black, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't entice you at all. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What was the question of the week, Zach? Question of the week was, what is your favorite development from the second week of OTAs and first one chiming in is waiting on a name says no season ending injury. And boy, if we take a step back, that's probably the biggest takeaway from each one of these off season weeks is just that man. I'll touch wood for uh, waiting on a name there. <laughs> Every second that goes by in the day where there's not an injury is a win in football. And they're practicing right now. There's 90 dudes out there, mm-hmm. and then there's they go about their lives and go around the world where there's lots of things happening. Mm-hmm. Every second something doesn't happen is a win. Speaking of season-ending injuries, I don't think we officially said, but Nico Falla did suffer a season-ending injury in week one last week, placed on IR. So, uh, so he's wrong. Last week. This was from week two. So Very true. Very <laughs> yeah. true. Very yeah. true. Yeah. So uh, that that is official. I achilles right who um who was the big name who also got injured off the broncos this week reuben foster ah uh, yes he couldn't have happened to a better guy gosh i can't tell you how I, that thought crossed my mind quote tweeting that but i don't want to be mean but yeah seriously i think his i actually haven't followed the story since but i think his knee exploded Ugh. like maybe not exactly teddy bridgewater but bad well, you know what they say, Zach. Karma is a you-know-what. Mm-hmm. And boy, it does have a Broncos angle. I've John Elway, good job not, not drafting him. 
I mean, talk about a bust. Would you rather have Garrett Bowles or Reuben Foster? Garrett Bowles, 100 times out of 100. And, and that's about one of the few players you could compare him to that that would be. <laughs> exactly. Maybe the only other person that was taken in the first round that year that you yep. could say no no cap. Yep. Bowles over him. Exactly. Uh, who was another? Was was that the Robert Kimdichie draft that ever, a lot of people were thinking of the Broncos taking? No, no that, that was, was Paxton, Paxton Lynch. Lynch. Yep. So who else? It was just really Ramscheck. It was like the only other guy. Oh, oh and yep. um, some people were hoping the Broncos would trade up to get Christian McCaffrey. Right. Exactly. But they were they would have had to go from what? 20, 21? 20. 20. Tw- Straight okay, up so 20. 20 to 8 yeah. to get him. Or is even it, lower, six. Is any? I mean, this is an easy answer, knowing what is in Denver. But is any running back worth two first-round picks? Absolutely not. Especially when you can find a Philip Lindsay. Yeah, I was gonna say they got a, a homegrown kid, just like Christian, for nothing. Yep. A year later, and he had a better season on the ground. Now, McCaffrey, we know he's basically a receiver, so it's hard to compare them as running backs, but. Philip ended up actually having a better season than him on the ground last year. Speaking of Christian, I heard there's a new photo of him. Did you happen to see it? I did not. I didn't either. I'm trying to see it because we saw the first one. Uh, I'll look and find it because oh, he's. <laughs> How is he going to get his arms above his head? <laughs> That's what I wonder when I see those biceps. Cam Newton or who is the guy they drafted? Easton, no, was it Easton? No, no, that was, that the, was Chargers. the Chargers. Oh, Will Greer, right? Oh, or Will ooh. Greer. They better not throw the ball high. Will Greer doesn't have the arm strength to throw a high football anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> all of his, all of his uh, passes scrape the ground. I'm on the same wavelength as you are with Will Greer. People are. It's like a controversy. I don't know about in Carolina, but people are trying to make it a controversy. I'm like, really? What blows me away is that. All the the Kyler Murray naysayers say, "Oh well, the, the offense, the offense, you know, oh, is the Big Twelve." Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, then don't come at me with Will Greer's effective completion percentage, <laughs> right? Because he's playing at West Virginia in the Big Twelve, and that offense is even more gimmicky than Oklahoma's. If you and and I watched the game because I want I wanted to love Will Greer. He has the look of a quarterback that I would love. Mm-hmm. And I watched the game and I'm just like, well. He's not doing anything. Yeah. They're just running guys all over the field. He just finds the one that's open and throws it. And, like, good for him. Kyler Murray does similar things throughout a game. I just saw the tools there. I'm like, well, he has a rocket arm. Right. His placement is always perfect. Not to mention he's the fastest player on the field every time he sets foot out there. Yeah. Give me Kyler over Will Greer. Yeah. And I don't think people are saying, like, Will Greer is better than Kyler, although I'm sure someone is. Oh, there's someone out there. Uh, But Will Greer. John Elway? Probably. <laughs> Although Wilger is pretty short too. That's true. Um, I just I that was a waste. Why would you get Will Greer when you have Cam Newton? Like what? It doesn't. It doesn't even match. Get Tyree Jackson. <laughs> you get him in the seventh round. I'd rather have Tyree Jackson than Will Greer. Wow. Wow. Will Greer. Um, who else was at the Senior Bowl? Daniel Jones. Obviously, Drew Locke was there, but. What other quarterbacks were out there? Stidham. Yep, Stidham. Minshew. Yep. Of all these guys, my two least favorite were Greer and Jones. And I think both of them, other than Drew, went before all the other guys. Yep, exactly. Jared Stidham is, like, significantly better than Will Greer. Yeah. I would have rather had Stidham. 
The ceiling's higher. The everything is higher, <laughs> except for the production, I guess. Including the height. The height is higher. <laughs> Next one coming in from Amen. We'll get back on track. Coming from Amen Badwin. He says, I started to follow our rookie class on social media. It's pretty cool how zoned and hyped they are for being Broncos. I'm starting to think they are excited because they know this draft will be remembered for Locke and they want to remember and they want to make sure history doesn't forget about them. That. I mean, love you, bad one, but uh, that is some serious conclusion jumping. <laughs> I guess what else are you doing week two of OTAs? <laughs> I guess. Uh, I think they probably just want to be good. It's pro- that's probably their biggest concern right now, making the football team. Yeah, that'd be pretty incredible if no fans like, oh, I got to work through the Drew Locke hype. <laughs> so sick of the Drew Locke hype. He was uh, posting pictures of Drew Locke, and I would think if he would – kind of despise him or, or be angry and not want to get that publicity probably wouldn't do that even if it was like um like friendly admiration i feel like he like those two are boys already which yeah. is great news for broncos mm-hmm. country remember uh the jay cutler tony scheffler bromance <laughs> yep. this is like that reincarnated <laughs> yep <laughs> except no offense a lot better than uh, tony scheffler yeah it should be david freeze says vic fangio quotes Always good. What 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 did he say that he was asked about Chris Harris Jr. and if he has any role in that? And he, what did he say? He said that I'm I stay out of that. That is the business of football. I'm about football business. <laughs> great great line. He's good man. He's, <laughs> he's good. He's got a lot of those. Yep, yep. The carpenter one. Yep. He said no fan has all the tools, but I can walk into Home Depot and come out with a lot of tools. So that doesn't make me a carpenter. <laughs> fantastic perfect it's perfect when you've been i mean think about vic fangio he's just been in football just around football dudes yeah saying football phrases (laughs) his whole life he i mean he has an unlimited supply yeah he uh he's great i like that one david texas bronco says flacco overthrowing 70 yards downfield timing and or timing and chemistry can be worked on but arm strength cannot Somehow that became a polarizing thing, mm-hmm. uh, like whether or not that was good. And and you and I were the two, I, the only two people who brought it up. Yeah. And it, uh, your tweet, I, my tweet, like went crazy. Your tweet was actually on Reddit, and mm. like the same exact debate that was under people my loved tweet. Loved it or hated it? Yeah, they're like, "What is he trying to say here? Is he <laughs> saying this is good or bad? Because if he's saying it's good, that makes no sense. It wasn't a complete pass." And, other, and like. There was one guy who probably listens to this podcast, so shout out to him, who was just like defending us. Like, I don't think Ryan or Zach were really saying anything about it, just that that was something they hadn't seen before, so it was notable. Because it's good and it's bad. I mean, it's it's interesting. Welcome to preseason or off-season football. Everything is good and bad. <laughs> exactly. The offense is great. The defense is terrible. Yep. <laughs> that should be like a, a new slogan. For the off season, yeah, everything is good and bad. <laughs> that one's gonna stick. Harry Urban says the noticeable improvement from Drew Deadlock. Deadlock, like, ah. like can't get through it. Yeah, that'd be great for an offensive lineman. <laughs> um, I don't think dead is a good nickname <laughs> for anyone, especially your mobile young quarterback. <laughs> Ah, the dead man. (laughs) He's just a dead man back there. Oh, God. (laughs) 
uh, from Mick Geyer, seeing Lindsay out there in any capacity. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. I guess I'm not too excited about seeing her out with a wrist injury out there. Like, Really? I just, I mean, obviously I want to see Phil out there, but I'm concerned more than anything mm-hmm. that he's still, ha- he's not carrying the ball in his right hand. Yeah, that that's fair. Yeah. Training camp is when is when my alarms go off, and they go from ten to a hundred if he's still limited in training camp. The training camp is where my alarms go off too. It's just really early, and I hate it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, from John Matthias, Matthias. I'd probably go with Matthias. So it's probably Matthias. Okay. <laughs> he says Vance Joseph being reunited with Tremaine Brock. <laughs> And the bromance that we all need. Tremaine Brock is going to be the starter out there with Patrick Peterson suspended. Is that true? That's what I saw. Likely. He's a front runner. I hope he doesn't get hit. Oh, who was the other guy last year? <laughs> who was that corner? He signed with we Detroit. He got ejected? Yeah, he signed with Detroit this <laughs> offseason. He was also VJ's guy. Oh, uh, man. I really cannot come up with anything. I want to say like Dante Jones, but I know that's a former Nuggets player. He would probably get ejected. for. I love Dante Jones. (laughs) Edgy player. Yeah. All I'm saying is I hope Tremaine Brock doesn't like stub his toe or anything or he'll be out multiple weeks. (laughs) Yep, exactly. That was a good one, though. Uh, Vance Joseph got reunited with like everyone. Anyone he wanted. I, I mean, if you were a Bronco that was a free agent and you didn't get an offer from Arizona... Yikes! Yeah, you were clearly on the the you know what list. <laughs> Big time, Vince Joseph. Looking at you, Shane Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Another person who probably wouldn't have been there if he's a free agent is uh, Sue Cravens. Mm, probably not. Nope. Because I think Brandon Marshall got an offer from, or or at least got interest. There was from interest Arizona. Yeah. to play safety, or is he playing <laughs> linebacker still? Who knows? I mean. There were so many people who were upset about Brandon Marshall leaving. And I'm like, man, can't wait to see Philip Lindsay matched up on uh, Brandon Marshall next season. Yeah. So, or, I mean, is he even going to be healthy? Brandon said he's healthier than he's ever been, but every single player I've ever talked to every offseason has said that. That's a, um, that is a perfect case study in how favorable media coverage can – alter the fans view on a player how so with brandon, brandon specifically brandon was really great with the media mm-hmm. um now after the whole kneeling thing i think he got pretty worn out of the media which it's fair to say is understandable because he uh, well he did bring it upon himself mm-hmm. but he had to talk to the media literally every day for that whole season oh, yeah um but he was great with the media from i mean he won a uh darren williams good guy award mm-hmm. so Everyone liked him, and everyone wrote nice things about him, and everyone said nice things about him, and then everyone thought he was good, mm-hmm. and he was good in the Super Bowl year, and so I think that gives him a little bit of extra cachet with Broncos fans, but after that, he wasn't very good at all, but everyone just kept liking him. Now, if Brandon Marshall was a bag, and nobody liked him, and everyone wrote about it when he wasn't playing well... Well, then the fans wouldn't love him as much, which is someone should show this to all rookie players. <laughs> just, and I'm not doing this for my own personal benefit. I'm doing no. it for theirs. Just be cool to the media. It will help your career. 
There's zero reason not to be cool with the media. Or at least be pleasant. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean like you have to go get drinks with us. Right. But... You can do that. Yeah, we'll go. <laughs> uh, three minutes... We'll say ten minutes a week tops. Yeah. yeah, That's all it is. Ten minutes out of your week to just be cordial. Yeah. And professional. Yeah. And don't seem annoyed. Also, not only... I mean... It helps the money you can get in the future, not Absolutely. just with deals and TV deals, but contracts. If everyone likes you and you give that public view, how do you think you get a good public image? It's through the media. Yep. Then it helps you. Yeah. Someone needs, I mean, there needs to be, and it, and it only happens with the select few guys. Someone needs yeah. to be there telling them like, dude, you're only, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on to the actual questions here. First one coming in from Nathan Worley says, Hey guys, I'm curious, how does Philip Lindsay's contract work? Since he was an undrafted guy and obviously way outperformed his draft status last year, did he pick up some incentives? For 2019, will he still be at the rookie minimum? No, uh, he will not be at the rookie minimum, but he will be at the second year minimum. Yep, exactly. His salary last year was $473,112. That's interesting that it... That, that extra one twelve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this year, he'll be at 570000 And the way the rookie contracts work um, for an undrafted guy is you can't change the contract until after year two. So he's playing at just over half a million dollars. It could be a contract year for him. Yep. Uh, if the Broncos are going to sign him up... It would actually make sense for them to do it sooner rather than later because you're right. getting more value out of that contract. So next year, he's only under contract for $660,000. So if you wanted to drag it out, you could have him for under, what, pretty much about $1.5 million for three years. That is wild. But like you said, if he's in your future, sign him up next year after this season. Right. I mean, you know, he he played all four years in college, so... He's got to be at least 23, probably 24. Um, and we know what happens to running back, most running backs when they hit 30. Just go after this year. Take that $7 million you didn't spend on Chris Harris Jr. <laughs> and package it into a nice four-year deal, four deal for Phil. And here's the thing. Here's where you get the hometown discount, and not just because Phil is from Colorado, is he's going to make $600,000 next year. And only and, and after this year, he's going to have about a million dollars in the bank. If you say, here, we'll give you, what, four years, 16 million? Is that, is that two, four years, 20 million? And we'll give you $10 million right now? This is a guy where he's only made a million dollars, and you're going to give him 10 million as a signing bonus right now? That's when you get the discount. Yeah, and, and, then, and then there's a dark side to this, which is... You make him play out the contract, and and then you say, well, there's already a lot of tread on these tires, so uh, you know why don't we just go with this deal? Man, if you chase C.J. Anderson, and let's say Phil continues to do what Phil does, you better not let him walk. I don't think – I mean, this is um, the downside of getting a hometown guy. How so? The people lose oh. their collective minds. Yeah. If Phil Lindsay was just allowed to walk. Yep, that's true. So it's great because you get that extra passion. It's great because you sell a whole lot more jerseys. 
But there is the downside of you, the the agent has you handcuffed. Mm. And I actually spoke with an agent um, semi recently who represents a Colorado kid. Um, actually, not uh, on the Broncos, but we had that same discussion, which mm. is that the team can't let him go. Mm. That's interesting. That's a good point. Um, what's the next one say? Next one coming in from Micah Pexa. He says, do you guys think the NFL should stop awarding playoff spots to division winners and just go with the top six teams in each conference or keep it the way it is now? Personally, I hate the fact that an 8-8 eight and eight division winner in a weak division can get a higher seed than a 12-4 and four team in a tough division who doesn't win their division, watering down the playoffs. Also, why no Al Wilson in the ring of fame? What are his chances? Okay, let's go to the first question. Um... I'm all for that, but you also have to get rid of the divisions. Right. Exactly. And no one's going to like that. Yep. Because what's the point? Why would you play the Raiders twice if you're if the division doesn't matter? You know. I'm on the exact same page. Um so I'm all for it. It's just going to it's going to be weird and the NFL loves division rivalries like and Mike I, I this probably resonates with you. Would you rather go see the Broncos um play the Carolina Panthers? Or would you rather see the Broncos play the Raiders? Like if you're when you're looking at the schedule, you're choosing right. a game. Scheduling conflicts aren't a thing. You're saying I want to go to the Raiders game. Right. Exactly. And the NFL benefits from that. So the, the the divisions aren't going anywhere. And with that, you have to have a a reward for the winner of the division. Now, quick piece on that: Would you be okay with keeping it the way it is, but the team with the better record gets the home game? So division winners get an automatic bid. Yep. But. It, once all the teams are locked in, you reseed based on record. Yep, I'm fine with that. I am too. Uh, it would be weird though for like a division winner. I guess uh, if you didn't earn it though, right? You didn't it, earn it, so the benefit was getting in the playoffs. Right, right. You got yeah. It's like the NCAA tournament. Right. You get an automatic bid for winning your conference. Right. But you get seeded based off of what the, the committee believes you're worth. Exactly. It's fair. Al Wilson. Your boy. Mm, my boy. Of course he should be in. And uh, I d- it seems like the Broncos are being very selective with their ring of fame recently. Have I told you my theory on that? Tell me. There's no room left in the stadium. <laughs> they're gonna have to have, have, they're, they'll have to start taking people out of the ring of fame to put new people in. So once they put a lot of people in, they realize like, oh, wait, we got to slow this thing down. Swear, I, that is my actual theory. There are only two spots left in the stadium for ring of famers. Including champ. Now we're down to one. Peyton next year. And now you're done. <laughs> no more good players. It's over. No more ring of fame until there's a new stadium. Wow. No, I, right. I assume they, they'll they make a second ring. You have to. But I've looked at, like, if you go look at the stadium, it doesn't, <laughs> yeah. you won't directly see, like, oh, well, they can just put the second ring right there. Right. Um, It's around this. Could you put it around the third level? I think you'll have to. Now and then now people are like, well, you're a, you're actually a second tier ring of famer. <laughs> you're up on the third level. You're I, a 500 level ring yeah. of famer. <laughs> <laughs> They'll eventually they have to like put one on the bottom around the stadium. Yep. So I, I mean, maybe it's a it's a wild theory, but they didn't even put anyone in last year. Nope. They should have put Champ in last year. I realized he hadn't like met the right, but you knew he was going in the Hall of Fame, or you had a good feeling. Yeah. Ed McCaffrey, 
should be in there. Yep. Al Wilson should be in there. You know what the most egregious one is? What? Mike Shanahan. Yeah. We're talking about a coach who won two <laughs> Super Bowls. <laughs> That's why. Are they just making sure he he's done and he's not going to be playing or coaching for the San Francisco 49ers as their offensive coordinator coming into Denver as a Ring of Fame member? Who cares? I agree. Yeah, I mean, I got maybe. I just think there's politics involved of course maybe literally and figuratively <laughs> yeah um it's you know al wilson went out on a bad note yeah mike shanahan there's clearly some beef there with someone in the in the organization mm-hmm. so it's stupid should yeah. be based on merit and merit alone but it's pol- it's political yeah mike shanahan that that is the biggest one next one coming in from nacho brad he says hashtag first jersey it was Elway's first Super Bowl. Me- this is a good story, by the way. Oh, you want to tell it? Sure. I mean... It- no, it's all you. I, I love it. You, you've read it. I have read it. He said it was Elway's first Super Bowl. Me and a buddy drove down to San Diego just to be downtown for the game, even though we couldn't actually attend the game. The night before, I was scrambling store to store to sign some kind of jersey to wear. I was in a Ross or a TJ Maxx or something like that, speaking with a buddy, and maybe it wasn't smart to wait until the day before to find something to wear, but these two shady guys come up and whisper, hey, you looking for some Broncos gear? Oh my gosh. He's like, I'm like, yep. And then they say, meet me around back in 10 minutes. No way. I say, excuse me, sir, that seems extremely shady, so I'll just (laughs) stay with my friend and not meet you outside. Not. I totally go outside and meet him, and he pulls up in this faded blue 80s plymouth voyager minivan he opens the back and the thing is loaded with gear twenty dollars later and i ended up with a completely legitimate i'm sure absolutely legally acquired shannon sharp jersey that still hangs proudly in my office that is that is amazing that's an unbeatable first jersey story and also probably an unbeatable price maybe not back then but you should have bought all his gear for 20 bucks the fact that it's authentic is highly concerning. <laughs> Did they were they making stuff like illegally in like, China? You weren't going on Amazon and buying that then. Yeah, how are you? Were they? I'm sure they were doing bootleg jerseys. Looks real, especially in Southern California. I'm sure they figured <laughs> out a way. Uh, but I mean, you can very easily tell the difference between an authentic and a non-authentic. Yep. So. Yep. Wow, that is impressive, Nacho Brad. Uh, it's a great story. <laughs> it is. It reminds me, actually, of that story I read on Twitter yesterday that I was telling you about. <laughs> uh, along the same lines? Oh, this one's about jerseys. That one's about heroin. But <laughs> same, sort of, uh, same sort of story. <laughs> potato, potato. Exactly. All right, from Greatest Show on Dirt. He says, I'm just waiting for the day the pod starts with, welcome to the BSN Broncos podcast brought to you by the Iowa <laughs> Department of Tourism. Hey, we'd be open for it. Yeah, get at us. <laughs> He says, my first jersey was a white uh, Terrell Davis, and I didn't get another one until Shane Ray several years ago. Probably won't get much more use from that. Yeah, probably not. He's wearing number 91 with the Ravens right now. Somehow that made him look like overweight. (laughs) It did. It did. (laughs) I saw that and I was like, oh man, he really let himself go. Oh, it's just the number. (laughs) That may be your best example of how important a good number is. Definitely. And also, Dakota Watson's wearing 56. He looks sharp out there. I mean, Dakota Watson is a walking statue. He is. So he would probably look good in 63. (laughs) Yep. But he definitely (laughs) looks good in 56. (laughs) I want to know, Greatest Show on Dirt, what got you to buy a Shane Rager? Like, you were, you obviously had been selective throughout your years. You had a a Terrell Davis, a Hall of Famer, and a Super Bowl MVP. 
and then you really lowered the bar for Shane Wright. <laughs> it had to have been his eight to ten sack season, or like right when he was a first round pick. Yeah, when when you thought they got a first or top ten talent in the twenties because of the drug thing, just seems like a a drastic leap. I mean, there are certainly <laughs> better options out there. Tell us the story. You want to get this next one? Coming in from Lone Star Bronco. He says, hey, guys, have to agree about the air in Denver. We went to a game two years ago, and I couldn't believe it. I'm from an oil field town in West Texas, and it literally smells rotten eggs most of the time. The Denver air was so refreshing when we went for a hike. I bet. Eat it up. (laughs) I have been saying for years, how do trash teams like the Bills get trash receivers wide open running downfield, but our clown car full of coaches the past few years can't figure a way to get DT or E even open once a doggone game? It's so true. (laughs) Next. You're watching like Isaiah McKenzie score touchdowns Uh. in the open field for the Bills, whereas like Every single one of the Broncos' catches are contested. Exactly. He says, next, who is this George Aston fellow, and what does he think he's doing? I have been waiting two full years to see Jano get some freaking playing time, and here comes this Aston guy like he's someone special. He's getting ready to open a can of whoop Aston. <laughs> I like it. See what you did there. I, I'm team George Aston. Sorry about it. Wow. But Jano was the second offensive player we talked to this offseason. <laughs> I just, George Aston doesn't have a neck. He doesn't. It's wild. It's so cool. It is wild. But I have some good news for you, Lone Star, Lone Star Bronco. Maybe it should be Nebraskan Bronco from the way you're talking about Andy. Is George Aston going to be a great practice squad guy this year? Great candidate. Jano's on the last year of his deal. Then he'll become the Jano next year. But I th- Jano's got to be safe, right? I don't know, man. Ooh. George Aston is a is a battering ram. <laughs> it depends on what I guess. It depends on what you're looking for. I w- I would say neither of them really fit the Kyle Usechek mold. Mm. Um, so I I can't go off of that. Aston is definitely like your classic fullback, whereas Jano's a little more fleet of foot. I think Jano has the upper hand. Well, he definitely has the upper hand. Right, but. I like George Aston. <laughs> he goes on and says, being from said town, sadly, when I was a kid, it was it was during an oil bus, so we did not have much extra money, but I found a white Terrell Davis jersey at a church sale for 50 cents. It was very large on me, but I wore it with pride every time I watched football, regardless of who was playing. 50 cents. That's a better deal than, <laughs> than the Shannon Sharp jersey. That's incredible. He says, seriously, if Jano scores even a single touchdown this year, I'm buying a jersey. Heck, even a third and one first down run may do it. I don't know why, just always has been drawn to that fellow. Sounds like he has lower jersey standards than greatest <laughs> show on dirt. <laughs> a Jano would be sick, though. I'm all about getting jerseys of players that other people don't have. With that being said, you should have done it like three years ago. Outside of family members, would he be the only one? No, because fullbacks just have that thing where like people like Lone Star Bronco just can't help but love them. <laughs> I would get a George Aston jersey, though. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Poor investment. Maybe for 50 cents. Still got to start that stock exchange, the Jersey mm, stock exchange. Buy low on George right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From Bleed Orange Blue, he says, I suggest if you guys have a tough time seeing the field, have Zach stand on Ryan's shoulders. I don't know 
what? Where do you know where that came from? From we don't get the best angle in practice. Oh yeah. wow, you're good. He said, "I'm so excited for the season to come. You guys make me excited each time I listen." Man, we're so happy that you're riding along with us. I had a like a football flash yesterday. I don't know what to call it other than that. Football flash sounds pretty cool. <laughs> like I was just sitting there and I thought about football in the fall, and I like I got really anxious and excited <laughs> and, and i was like oh, i gotta i have to push these feelings down yep it's far too far away oh it's it's creeping up it's creeping up uh and one good way to pass the time as you're waiting for football season is to drink wine mm. and that's why you got to sign up with winester winester is an innovative online direct consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in america today and i must say zach Wine is good for – it's a perfect football off-season drink because like, you're probably not drinking wine at the tailgate. Probably not. But you got to get in on this now and get your, and get your wine drinking out before you have to go to PBR during the season. <laughs> but what makes wine so special is that the majority of the wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. Do you want ESPN wine or do you want BSN wine? <laughs> Easy. Come on. BSN. Got to have the BSN wine. With Winester, all you got to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple of their wines, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping costs. Of course, I'm biased towards Winester because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums, who are very smart and actually probably paid attention in class a lot more than I did. <laughs> Sign up today with code BSN25 and get $25 off your first shipment of wine. Start being a real grown-up or pretending like me. That's Winester, W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. Really, really recommend it to you guys. you got to check it out. Ryan, next question coming in from Karch. He says, I would say after the draft, I'm most concerned about inside linebacker. What have you seen from the inside backers so far in practice? I remember you guys suggesting the possibility that Sua Cravens could play inside backer in Fangio's scheme, and I wanted to know if you've seen him line up there at all. Also, in no way do I want a lottery system for the draft. The day that's implemented is the day the Patriots win the Super Bowl as Brady retires at 45 to get Trevor Lawrence. That's the day, my friends, I end it all with a seven-minute soak. <laughs> well, that's not po- it wouldn't have been possible in the lottery system for them to get the first overall pick, but I see where you're going with it. He says, thanks for the awesome content as always. Much love, Karch. All right, Ryan, inside backers. Mm, I don't know. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, nothing is flashed. No. Um, nothing is flashed negatively. No. And w- when we talked about practice, when we detailed this defensive practice, it was – the, the front seven guys, you know, I guess I should say maybe front five or six guys, and then the secondary guys. There were two guys in the middle that we really didn't talk about, and I'll keep an eye on that next week for sure. Maybe Vic's just done a great job of disguising him, and that's what he's going – I mean, he's going to have to do that because you asked Josie Jewell, are you the, the fit of a Vic Fangio linebacker? He said, I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> He's like, ah, that's not what I wanted to hear. <laughs> In reality, no. Both him and Todd are a little slow to be the ideal Vic guy. Now, one of those guys paired with an ideal Vic guy is totally fine. That gets the job done. But both of them, so Vic's going to have to do some stuff to help those guys out. Yeah, I don't know what exactly they're going to do there. I'll say this. 
Sue Cravens certainly hasn't been playing there. No. No. A lot of Su- – Sue Cravens still gets love. He does. I hope it works out for him, but I just – I haven't seen it yet. He if looks we, the part. I'll give him that. If we asked Vic about him, would he give us the same answer about about Devontae Bosby? Similar answer, I should say, in terms of he's a guy fighting to make the team? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think so. That's where he is now. He's not starting linebacker. I mean, that's what – we'll just go back to what John said all the way back at the combine. He'll have a chance to make the team. <laughs> yeah, a chance. Yikes. From Drop Switch, to explain my all-over comments, I was uh, yesterday I was smoking the old Mary Jane, he says. I hope you got it from Livewell. He says, I'm from Washington State, a.k.a. the Evergreen State, hence putting the Evergreen down. Thank you for that eloquent explanation. <laughs> he says, uh, anywho, how can, you not have a Bron- how can you not have a Broncos jersey when you make a living covering the team? You definitely need to buy one. Yeah, that's not exactly how it works. <laughs> he says, maybe a GoFundMe needs to be set up. What's your favorite method of cooking? He just loves to just jump <laughs> Using the grill, oven, or et cetera. You know, when, when, when other people put random questions in, they put like a space between. So we understand. These are just, just mixed in. Just thrown in. <laughs> uh, I love it, though. Drops, which is your character. Yeah, I mean, because we make a living covering the team is mostly the reason why we don't have Broncos jerseys. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're not. Uh... <sighs> there is actually a story out there of someone who wore a Broncos jersey into the press box. Really, and, and uh, it was it was such a big deal that Mark Kisler wrote a column about it. Wow, wow! I'll have to hear that story. Yeah, you. It wouldn't necessarily surprise you who it was. Mm. Um. Anyways, my favorite method of cooking. <laughs> I mean, easy uh, for me. It, you can't knock the grill. The only problem is like I don't have a grill. Mm. That's like the grill is is the community grill at right. the apartment complex. So you have to like walk down there. Yeah. Usually, I just want to cook it in the pan. Yeah, that that's fair. But if we're going on flavor, oh, give me the grill. I love the char. If we're going on flavor, I'm going the smoker. Mm, okay, okay. But I don't have one of those either. <laughs> yeah, give me the grill. Oh, char it up. Burn marks. Gotta love it. Sear. That's not really a grill, but... Uh, see, that's what I'm... I'm about to pan sear. Mm. Love a good pan sear. Stuff to do. From Sill Forge. Says I think it's clear John Elway genuinely likes and respects Chris Harris. First ever bonus, restruct a contract, uh, restruct reconstruct a contract, just to pay him what he's worth. That speaks volumes of respect for a fellow player. Yeah, um, Chris is one of the few guys that has been here with John throughout his entire tenure. Mm. So, you know that ha- that probably has something to do with the respect there. Do you make a bad business move if you really like a guy though? I guess if if you were to make a bad business move, it might be just because you really like a guy. It just still doesn't make sense to me. It never will. Uh, he says, I think it boils down to this. John has explained that it might not be possible to keep Chris Harris Jr. for a fair value, but they really do want him back. So this allows Chris to test the market and see what people are offering. If he gets a $15 million for three, or per year for three years offer, um, I don't want him back. I think that's what he's saying. Uh, so this allows... Wait, I'm confused. Oh, if he gets a 15 million over year. three, yeah, next year, I bet he takes it. But if he's only seeing 13 and always willing to give him 12, and Chris loves the Broncos, they just valued him and respected him by paying him above his contract. And if they're looking to be a playoff team again, I bet he'd stay for another slight discount. Mm, but why aren't you just getting that deal done now? And uh, I don't think 
a team is going to offer Chris Harris $1 million more than the Broncos. I think they're going to offer him significantly more on the open market next year. Yeah, and according to BSN sources, mm. there's a fellow AFC West team that would be ponying up to make sure that he is not a Bronco. Mm. Next offseason? Yep. Mm. At least that's what they communicated to the Chris Harris camp. Oof. Would that be a way Chris would like to go out? Which I think is tampering, so <laughs> that's a whole different story. But, yep. uh, anyways, he says, if nothing else, you'd be paying for a leader on your defense to be engaged and motivated to help the team win that year rather than him being an emotional drain on the team. We can't forget these guys are humans. Keeping up morale is very important, and showing your value, you value your employees makes everyone want to work harder. I have to ask. I, I doubt you can tell. What team? I'm not saying. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think so. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. You don't just get to say, like, if you don't give me more money, I'm going to be a, a morale suck on the team. Like, you signed a contract. <sighs> we're, not ta- we're, we're not talking Philip Lindsay money either. This isn't half a million dollars when the guy should be getting $15 million. It's still $8 million. And let me remind you, Ryan, did he sign this contract? Happily. Yeah. So it's, I understand. Should he get more? Absolutely. He should get more. Is he under contract? Absolutely. You made your bed. You got to lay in it. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And I understand he can, he can ask for anything. You can ask for anything, but it's okay when you're under contract for the other person to say no. You make the bed every morning? No. Me either. <laughs> 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 he says really appreciate all the coverage you guys do thank you we thank you as well for joining us did you read the dro dro flacco uh, what was that dro dro i think a nickname dro Drew. dro flacco dro flacco dro flacco <laughs> that sounds like a rapper uh for mr freeze if you're not going to send chris harris jr why not just trade him and get it over with the only thing i can think of is for pr other players aren't going to want to sign here if they see how he treated chris what yeah <laughs> how'd you treat him i mean at this point it sounds like you treated him just you just made it rain on him while he was just l- doing nothing <laughs> exactly john Elway just showed up his house he was like playing <laughs> Fortnite or something and just stood there just making it rain hundreds i feel like other players would love that <laughs> they would anyways he says last year's tag value for corners was 14.9 if we're cutting players to to pay for see uh, Chris Harris, I vote Jeff Hireman. <laughs> Just putting, <laughs> offering him up on the chopping block. My second choice of a player to cut would be Jeff Hireman. Third choice, trade Jeff Hireman for a future <laughs> draft pick and maybe a gift card to Chili's. Uh, why does he hate Jeff Hireman? <laughs> he's not a Jeff Hireman. Maybe this is no fan. You need Jeff Hireman, I'll be honest, because you need someone to be a blocking tight end, and all the other guys are catch-first tight ends, except Fumagalli maybe, but... He needs to he needs to build up some lower body strength. Here's the thing about Hireman this year. You can count on Fant. Just you can count on play this year. You can't count on being an all around guy. Can you count on anyone else outside of I mean you can't even count on Jeff. But you feel probably a little more comfortable counting on Jeff than Fumagali or Jake Butt. Absolutely. Just like last year, I will say this, Jeff Hireman is a lock to make the team. He will be on the team. 
And I, I, I probably won't get as much pushback on that this year because he's actually under contract now. But last year, everyone wanted to get rid of him. And I'm like, he's your best blocking tight end. So he's not going anywhere. Exactly. He goes on and says, my first Broncos jersey was a DJ Williams practice jersey. It was on sale and I was on a part-time job budget. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Like, do they sell them or was this like a, a practice jersey? Was it acquired via like a Broncos yard sale type of thing hmm. and then ended up somewhere? Yeah. Got to hear more. We need more. Uh, he says, Locke wore that sick black arm sleeve at Mizzou, but when Mizzou wore white, he did switch it up to a white sleeve. So what color do you think he could wear with the Broncos? I don't know. <laughs> I think he goes blue. Yeah, that's sharp. But Dark blue. Orange is is too much. Yeah. Uh, also, wouldn't look very good on a white guy. Um, <laughs> so it's really just blue or orange or white. I mean, he could, he could go white on the road. That would look sick. That would look really cool. That'd look really cool. Next one coming in from Chris O'Brien. He says, we know that Fangio's defense doesn't require elite corners. Maybe Elway is expecting that CHJ will look like he is hitting an age 30 decline and will be cheaper to re-sign next offseason. I'm grasping at straws to explain this deal in the works. Does this make any sense? I just feel like if you don't, if you aren't giving him the contract now, you're like, you're burning the bridge. Right. Uh, Chris isn't going to be all lovey-dovey about the Broncos just because they gave him a Paris. I don't expect. Now, maybe he is. Um, but that would make sense. If you're planning to re-sign him next season, you're taking a risk, but you are saying, okay, well, now you're going into your age 31 season. We're not paying you 15. How did Chris feel? How does Chris feel right now about the way the Broncos are, are valuing him? Confused, I think. Probably not very good, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why he's holding out. What about last year? He probably asked for some more money, and they get, they decide on incentives. So he probably wasn't too happy about that then either. Is one year of you know three or four million dollars this year going to totally change his attitude and say, ah, that's what I needed? It, even seven million, he's going to say, ah, yes, I've been underpaid for four years now. That seven million really gave me so much goodwill. I'm going to take another hometown discount. No, Chris is going to be hungry again. He's going to want to go and get that big deal. I I need some advice from Chris on how to get more money. That's all I know. He's always finding ways to get more money. Yep. Uh, this is from Vivid Swing. He says, hey, guys, missed the buzzer yesterday, so I'm reposting and elaborating a bit here instead. Some time ago, RK referred to Drew Locke as the supervillain on the podcast, something along the lines of the AFC West saw the birth of a supervillain right, be- right before their eyes last season in Patrick Mahomes. Drew Locke is here to be that story's supervillain. That is word for word what I said, but it was actually in a story, not <laughs> not here on the podcast. Maybe I recited my own story on the podcast. Maybe. If beautifully written. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, he says, as Broncos fans, shouldn't we see it the other way around? Patrick Mahomes tore the world apart in, uh, last season, and now Drew Locke emerges as the hero to save us all. Just thought that narrative made more sense from a Broncos perspective. Well, maybe he didn't read the story. Because if you read the story, you would understand why it was built up to that final line. Exactly. That's all I can say. Exactly. It's on you. It was a free story, <laughs> and you're a subscriber, so <laughs> yep. no excuses here. Uh, ma- well, make sure you go read that story. It's titled, Here's the Thing About Drew Locke. Finally here, he says, also, I've been meaning to ask you, RK, what's your golf handicap? Um, mine is, I, I don't have an official one anymore. Oh, come on. But it's probably right around eight. Yeah, mine's around seven. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Says I haven't paid. Uh, I haven't played myself in a few years, but want to know how much I need to practice if I someday get the opportunity to fly to Denver for the BSO BSN Open. Won't be this year, unfortunately. You'll probably need we'll to play you. a lot in order to keep up with Ryan. So yeah, get get hit now because the the months are a ticking. All right, next one coming in from Ray Ray Forty. Wonder if there's any Shane Ray connection here. It says, "Hey guys, Ray Ray checking in from North New Jersey." Otherwise known as Sixth Borough, JK. We like to pretend that, though. Just wanted you to know that the water in New York City is one of, like, four cities in the nation that does not require water filtration due to the water coming from upstate New York and the Catskill Mountains. So you're saying it's good? Nope. I've had it. It sucks. Also, our water in New York City and New Jersey is consistently considered some of the best in the country. And the reason why bagels and pizza is held in such high regard around this region. I mean, I'm sure it's clean. I'll get like I'm not saying it's <laughs> dirty. It just tastes bad. It's not toxic. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not going to hurt you. It just doesn't taste good. Seriously, the rest of the country's pizzas and bagels are just garbage. Chicago deep dish pizza isn't pizza, hence why they have to call it deep dish. That's like saying like New York pizza isn't real pizza. That's why they have to call it thin crust. <laughs> He says there are even pizza joints in other cities that import water from here to use in their dough, and it happens to be the greatest marketing point for their said pizza joints. Here's the thing, Zach. You ever uh, cook with wine? Yeah. Do you use good wine when you cook with it? No. Exactly just like (laughs) the the water for these bagels and pizza. You wouldn't use high-quality Colorado water just to cook it off. (laughs) That should just go straight down the gullet. Ray Ray knew you were gonna you were gonna have a defense. That that's why there was so much detail here. But there's a place in Denver called Rosenberg's Bagels that does import their water from New York to cook the bagels. Not anymore. Oh, they invested in a machine <laughs> that apparently does to the water what they do to the water in New York or whatever. Which apparently, according to Ray Ray, is nothing. So they like add. Whatever they do, I'm telling you, they have a machine that like is supposed to be able to turn water into New York water. Turn water into wine? Cooking wine. You have the touch? Cooking wine. <laughs> he goes on and says, anyways, football. I'm excited for the season, but I think there is a player not receiving the hype they deserve. Royce Freeman is going to have a great season if my crystal ball is true. I think that his style of running is going to be a great compliment to Phil Linz. And I've always loved tough, hard-nosed, punch-you-in-the-gut football. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on the way these two will be implemented and how complementary their schemes will be, i.e., will they go back to using Rolls-Royce's carries to set up the Lynn's home run? First time commenting, just started paying last month. More than ecstatic with my purchase. Thanks for all the hard work and sorry for the lengthy comment. Jersey out. Ray Ray, we are so happy to have you on board. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Ray Ray. Sorry that I disagree with your New York water takes. Uh, as for Royce Freeman, Zach, one thing that I think needs to be clear here is he's not necessarily a power back. He is a large hybrid back um, because he's he he does a lot he does a lot of his work outside of the tackles. And he bow- and one of his problems last year actually was that he was too eager to bounce outside because at Oregon. If you watch his tape, he bounced everything out because he was just that fast. And that's the way Oregon kind of does things. So 
I just wanted to, to clear that up. But I do think Royce Freeman can have a good season. We He was really running the ball well when he when he had that ankle sprain last year. And when I talked to him, he said it didn't fully heal until this offseason. So let's not um, – let's certainly not count him out. I think, you know, it's, it's kind of prove-it mode for me with him. I, I want to see him come out here and consistently produce. But you hope that it's kind of a thunder and lightning scenario, even though he's not – He's not exactly the thunder. Exactly, yeah. And he's going to be used a lot. Uh, and I expect a lot of people just understandably believe that Phil is going to take off because he was a 1,000-yard back and be the featured guy. I expect it to be very evenly split. Phil's going to be the starter as he earned that last year, but Royce is going to be in a ton, maybe even get more carries than Lindsey. Remember, a lot of his offense is designed to set up mismatches, and one of those mismatches is... Noah Fant. And when you bring Noah Fant onto the field, the other team likely needs to bring five defensive backs out there. Well, when you have five defensive backs out there, you're going to love to run Royce Freeman because he's going to be bouncing off dudes in the middle of the field. And and, and when they switch it up, you're going to bring in Philip Lindsay and have him outrun him. It, it's, this offense is being slowly designed and curated to make things difficult on the defense. And, and Royce Freeman definitely plays a role in that. Exactly. From Nick Gilbert 93 he says, Sup guys, new subscribers here, and I've got a question. Where do you see the records of the AFC West being? I think it's fair to assume Denver is likely to be second or third place, but just curious where you see the rest of the teams. Any shot LA takes the crown, big downfall for KC. I think it's likely. He said his prediction is Kansas City's at eleven and five, LA's at ten and six, Broncos at nine and seven, Oakland at six and ten. That's that's pretty good. Without going through the whole schedule, um, I if it was anyone other than the Chargers, I might actually predict that the Chargers would win the division, but they're the Chargers. <laughs> so I can't trust them to do so. Um, I do think you'll see a step back from the Chiefs this year. The problem is none of the other teams other than the Chargers, who are still the Chargers, are equipped to compete with them quite yet, I don't think. The and Chiefs? Yeah. And yeah. so while I think the Broncos will be improved, they would have to be vastly, vastly improved to challenge for the crown. The Chargers are going to charge her away like four games, and KC's going to be left there on the top. The Chargers are going to charge her away four games. That's why they'll win 12. 12, okay. 12 and 4 for the Chargers. Chiefs 11 and 5. Broncos right about where you had them in Oakland. I mean, someone's got to lose games in this division, so I guess it's them. So then the Broncos are uh, beating the Chargers in the first round of the playoffs, or in the second round of the playoffs. Could happen. Yep. <laughs> They're not. Yeah. No. 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 Ryan, I think final one coming in here from B A Bronco. He says, "New subscriber. I love the podcast. It scratches my Broncos itch all year long. Wonder if you guys will get more Phil, Phil Lindsay Mile High Salute shirts in XL. Wanted to cash that free shirt in ASAP." Food for thought. Real quick, email merch at bsndenver.com. We don't really track any of that stuff. So exactly. merch at bsndenver.com. They'll give you an answer on that. For food, for food, if you guys ever wanted to toss your diets out the window, try punch bowl cake. It's crumbled cake with cherry pie filling, then vanilla pudding, and on top of that, whipped cream layered twice inside. You guessed it. It's a punch bowl. It tastes amazing, but makes you feel like a hippo after eating it mainly because you want to eat it all in one sitting. Love you guys. Keep up the great coverage. You guys rock. 
Well, we love you too, except for the fact that you're trying to kill us. <laughs> um, that you, he's got to be from the Midwest. Oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's something that you buy at the airport and it's been sitting there and it's like tin for a long time. What's the cake in New Orleans? King cake. King cake. Just like that. Um, did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? No. Okay. This reminds me of an episode where they go uh, to one of the guy's houses and his family's from Minnesota and they're like making, he's talking about how she's making a salad and it's literally just a giant thing full of mayonnaise. <laughs> it's exact, this was like the dessert version of that. <laughs> it's exactly it. All right. Well, I think that is going to wrap it up for us today here, Zach, unless we got a buzzer beater. Nope. No buzzer beaters. No buzzer beaters. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we will be back with you tomorrow on the BSN Broncos podcast. Everybody, we're teaming up with the best membership in Denver again. For those who don't know about In We Go yet, listen up. In We Go is for social people looking for concerts, sports events, festivals, comedy shows, wine tastings, brew fests, and more. With In We Go, you can head to tons of Rockies games and get tickets to the best events in Denver. Download the app and experience with just one tap how easy it is to start heading to your favorite events in Denver. And did I mention Rockies games? Use code BSN15 to save 15 bucks off your first month with In We Go. Start heading to games, concerts, and tastings for as low as 10 bucks on your first month. Hurry though, guys. This offer ends on May 31st. Let's